You're listening to the God-Centered Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden. As the mom to four young boys, I know motherhood's hard, but sometimes I think I make it even harder than it needs to be. I'll worry about my needs being met or I'll spend so much energy trying to make my boys happy that I forget that if I would take my eyes off me and my eyes off my kids and keep my eyes on God, that those desires would grow strangely dim and their contentment would go up as I'm led by his spirit. I also forget that I'm surrounded by God. He is going before me in places that I'm fearful of. He is walking with me on the hard days and he's coming behind me, redeeming any mistake I made. So each week I'll interview a new guest and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-centered mom. Thanks for listening. You're listening to episode 65 of the God Center Mom podcast. Today, I'm chatting with Shauna Nequist. Shauna has written Cold Tangerines, Bittersweet, Bread and Wine, and now she's out with a new 365-day devotional called Savor. It is fabulous. Her writing is spectacular, and we love her, I think, because of her vulnerability. So today, she and I chat a little bit about that. How do you develop authentic relationships? What is one way if someone doesn't have people they can be real with, how do they find those people? And uh, Shauna gives a great plan to do that. We also talk a little bit about, you know, for the type A control freak person like myself, who when they hear be fully present or savor your life, uh, we don't know what that means. So she talks and shares about her own struggle, uh, a season where she was striving and um, thinking that to do more was to be more and and what steps she took to get accountability and to move towards savoring the life that she has. We also talk about what led her to writing this devotional and w- about the spiritual life, how it's not just the one-on-one time with God, but also connecting with God through community. I think you're going to love everything Shauna has to say. I, I honestly, listening back to it, Again, when I was editing, I just, I was jotting down so many quotes that I'll be sharing with you through social media this week. I want to just get right to it. So here we go. Hey, Shauna, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Good morning. Thank you. Well, um, it's St. Patty's Day. Do y'all have any traditions that you do? You know, we don't. We should because we're, I'm a quarter Irish. So you are. Um, I am. My, my grandpa, Barry, is uh-huh. Irish, which is so fun. Yeah. Um, so I don't have, we don't have like a, we do this. Well, and we're in Chicago, which is like the craziest St. Patrick's Day. You just generally, people are crazy about it. Um, but um, usually, I wouldn't say all the time, but I usually make um, a cheddar sage shepherd's pie, which is so good. And then uh, Nigella Lawson has this Guinness chocolate cake that I am crazy about. <laughs> okay. That sounds so, good. Yeah, but, it's really good. So not just like food coloring and things added <laughs> to food. Right. Sometimes, sometimes we do that too. Just okay. green food coloring in everything. <laughs> and egg, eggs and drinks and milk. and Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you have, okay, tell, introduce anyone who doesn't know you. Um, introduce everyone to your family. Yeah. So I am married to Aaron. He is a musician and a pastor, uh, and a songwriter. And, uh, we have two boys named Henry and Mac. Henry is eight and Mac is three and a half. And I love that. You know, I have a nine-year-old boy, seven-year-old boy, five-year-old boy, three-year-old boy. So I'm, oh my gosh, totally get the, the boy house, um, you know, and bread and wine. We're talking about cooking with Batman. 
Yes. Totally. <laughs> yes. Cooking, baking cookies with Batman. Yeah. So, um, you know, for anyone listening who hasn't maybe read one of your books, um, I'll let y'all know that Sean has written several. She's written Cold Tangerines, Bittersweet, Bread and Wine, and her newest book is Savor. And I personally think the reason everyone's drawn to Shauna, um, besides her excellent writing, is her ability to just be real and to share honestly um, the hard things. I mean, I think a couple chapters in, you are just hitting it hard with a personal struggle with eating disorder and your past. And um, we love that. And so my question to you is, have you always been an open book, so to speak, or honest? Or is that a a newer thing in your life or... No, totally. That. It's, um, I'm like, just, if you know me in real life, I'm just a chronic oversharer and I always have been. Okay. My husband, my husband's like constantly kicking me under, under the table. Like, don't say that. <laughs> and, and I think some of it is, so I'm a pastor's kid. And yeah. what that means is, first of all, it means someone else is telling funny stories about you when you have no way of controlling mm-hmm. that. Right. Like yeah. pastor's kids are, constantly being, and we joke about it in our family. I have a little brother. I mean, he's not little, he's 35, but, um, he's <laughs> I like have six, a little brother. I yeah. have a 35 little brother. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, he's totally. six one. So he's, yeah. he's not little, but, um, uh, he was, you know, the, the, the sweet, shy little son and every story about him, like they would hear his name and start to tear up like, Oh, this is going to be so sweet. <laughs> and then every story about me was about me getting in trouble. Like just oh, yeah. ridiculous. Like, yeah. uh, yeah. So like they would hear my name and just start giggling like, oh, this is going to be a funny one. So I think I grew up without a tremendous sense of privacy anyway. Mm. Um, And then some of the writers that I loved most uh, that really shaped me, that really set me free, that really affected me in a deep way were the ones that said things like, oh, my gosh, I did not think you could say that out loud. I didn't think you could say that in a book. I didn't think, you know, and um, I realized it, it. when somebody tells the truth about their life, especially kind of the ugly side, the hard side, the scary side, it sets you free to do the same. It's an invitation for you to live with that same vulnerability and courage. And um, that was a very deliberate decision uh, when I first started writing is, you know, because you can play it either way. You can yeah. either write a book that's essentially like a vanity project. Like no one's going to find out that I'm not really this great. <laughs> and I just tell them I'm amazing, right? Like, Yeah, instead of all these philosophies and theories of how life should be. Totally. Why don't, yeah. why don't I just tell them how just truly yeah. spectacular I am, even though that's not true. They yeah. won't know. Yeah. Or you can decide like, what if, if we're really going to do this, what if this book is essentially one invitation after another to tell the truth about who you are, to let God do his work in you, in that vulnerability, and to let you connect deeply with other people. So we went hard that way and yeah. said, I'm not interested in people thinking I'm spectacular because I'm not. I'm interested in people feeling like I'm telling the truth and that that's an invitation for them to do the same. Well, the irony is then that attracts people, right? Like some yeah. people aren't attracted to the shiny thing. You know, we have enough of that. We live in a culture of shiny things. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, have you read, you've read Brene Brown's Daring Greatly. I love her. I'm a crazy (laughs) Brene Brown fan, a total huge fan. I love her. Yeah. And just, I mean, I think any, uh, boss, teacher, parent, (laughs) pretty much if you're a human being should read the book because it's so true. How do you have community? How do you have real relationships if you're not really being truthful about where you are? So if someone's sitting here listening and like, well, you know, it's really hard for me to tell my story. I don't really want to tell anyone my um, dark, yucky things. What what advice? I know you said you grew up in a place of just openness, but 
as you've known people, as you've interacted with people, how, what has broken the barrier for them to start sharing? I would say, um, start with a small group of people that you're investing in long-term. So, and I think this is one of the funny things about friendship. So most people, at least, I don't know, my friends, we read books about how to make our marriages better or we go to marriage retreats. Um, We talk about how marriage is hard and it's something you have to work on, but we don't really talk about that in terms of friendship. We don't say like, man, friendship is hard or it's something I have to work on or it's something I have to make a plan for. Like Mm -hmm. we make plans to improve our marriages. Mm -hmm. We make plans to get better as parents or or to become uh, better Christians or whatever. And I think it's worth making a plan to become a better friend and a better part of our communities. And so I would say like, if you're a person who's like, listen, I don't have this kind of vulnerability in my life and I don't know what to do. I would say pick two or three people and give it once a week over the course of a year Mm. and invest very intentionally. And, and, you know, I always tell people like you start little, like you go to coffee with someone and uh, you take and and you gauge their willingness to enter in with you, but you have to start. A lot of people say, I wish my friendships were more vulnerable. Why aren't people being vulnerable with me? And I always say you, you have to be the one to start it. So you go to coffee and you engage in a conversation, and then uh, you take the risk of saying, you know what? One thing that's been hard for me this week is how my relationship with my mom is going, and it's one that's been really painful for me, and dot, dot, dot. You, you sort of wade in with some of the truth about your life, yeah. and then you gauge the way they connect with it. If they're like, oh my gosh, I actually don't have that same kind of relationship with my mom, but I totally get it because that's how it feels sometimes in my marriage or whatever. If they meet you there, Mm-hmm. then you keep going. If they're like, oh my gosh, is this latte so good? <laughs> you're like, I hear you loud and clear. You have given me the signal that yeah. you don't want to have that kind of relationship with me. That's totally fine. I've had that happen to me a million times yeah. when I've really tried to connect with someone. Oh, sorry about that. No, um, when I've really tried to connect with someone and they've made it clear, like, no, that's totally not the way we're going to do this. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Um, but it's worth putting in, having a plan and intentionally building those kind of relationships. That's really great advice. Really great advice. And and even just stopping for a second to say, you know what? My relationship with my mom isn't great. And like being honest with yourself, like where are you in your season of life? You know, I, you, you know, with two boys, I have four boys. There's been seasons where I just wanted a girl. Like, let's just call a spade a spade. Like that ultrasound kept telling me as a boy. And I was like, okay, um, bows are not going to happen. No tights, no ballet classes, never, totally. the Neverland, no sparkles. No sparkles. Yeah. And if I wasn't honest with that bothered me, I couldn't move forward, you know? Totally. I and couldn't I think, think about it, talk about it, share that with someone. And it's so important when, when you start telling the truth about your life, you realize we are all so similar. Mm. We're scared of the same things. We're hurt by the same things. We're thrown off by the same things, you know, for you to adore your boys and also really just want, you know, kind of let go of that dream of having had a girl. So human, so normal. Right. Right. But if you don't say it out loud, you start to think like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me for thinking that? Nothing's wrong with you. Right. When you, when you kind of tell the truth about the inside of your life, you realize you're not crazy. You're not alone. We largely feel and long for all the same things. Yeah. It's, it's so true. And, and the longing. So in your new book, Savor, um, living abundantly where you are, as you are, it's addressing that, right? This, this longing for other things, but being okay with where you are right now. 
Totally. I think that's part of life. I think you, to, to articulate the things that are undone, broken, out of place, painful, and then also say that's not the whole story. The other side of things, that there are things that are beautiful and whole and that I'm thankful for because I choose to be the kind of person that sees those things. Yeah. I think that's so good. And, and there's, okay, I'm sure there's the type A listener who, um, when we say savor or be fully present or, or just enjoy your season or be okay, that they're like, I struggle with um, being fully present. I am constantly thinking about the next thing. I'm thinking about control. I'm thinking about everything being just so and following the rule book. And it is like so out of the box for me to be fully present and savor what oh, I'm yeah. having right now. So what advice would you give to that person? Like where do they start in the well, journey? Number one, I would say, yeah, me too. Um, you know, uh, I was reading some books recently on solitude and Sabbath, and mm-hmm. I realized I don't want to read a book written by a natural introvert about solitude and <laughs> Sabbath. Like, right? Yes, like, exactly. you were made for this stuff. This yes. is easy for you. Yes. You know, like, I, I, I don't want to take diet tips from someone who has never <laughs> struggled with their weight, right? right? Like, it just doesn't, I get it. But I want to know that you have, that this is, you had to learn this the hard way. Okay. So if I'm writing a book about slowing down, about choosing um, simplicity, about choosing to love what is instead of pushing and controlling and kind of um, manhandling your life into what you want it to be, um, the authority I have is I've done it the other way most of my life. Do you know what I mean? I'm a classic doer, controller, multitasker, try to get more done. I really did buy into the idea that if you do more, you will be more. Yeah. And there was, you know, um, Glennon Melton says that great line. There's no there, there. Like (laughs) what I thought I wanted, I thought it would make me full and happy and it made me tired and lonely. And so savor is a hard one way of living. Savor is something I learned the hard way through, uh, through doing it wrong most of my life. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. I think that, you know, sometimes we see the Shauna and she's like lovely and with her friends around the table and just enjoying life. And we don't see the journey, you know, in our mind, in our mind, we always compare our present with your perfection, right? Like our reality with your, your highlight reel, you know? And that's something I've, you know, that's something I've really had to fight for. I had to learn to slow down my life enough to gather the people I love around the table because the other way wasn't working. Mm. Um, The other way made me too lonely and too tired and too disconnected and, and nobody's life. I mean, that's the thing, right? About the internet, about books, about nobody's life. uh, The the day-to-day of your regular life is never going to compare to the edited, filtered, beautiful version of somebody else's life. That's just a scam. That's just, that's just how the world is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking that with like this whole saver, message, the the barrier to it being the distraction of constant Instagram, constant. I love Instagram. It's like so great. But at the same time, I'm so missing enjoying my moment because I'm looking at her moment. Totally. And we we talk a lot in, in our little community and in our family about taking pretty regular breaks uh, from the, the world of beautiful internet, mm. you know, just to remind yourself that, um, 
there's beautiful stuff right here. And it's, it's not actually beautiful. It's just mine. And that's what makes it beautiful. Yeah. Um, there's nothing about my day today that's like particularly spectacular, <laughs> but it's my day. It's my kids and it's my, you know, yeah. and I don't want to miss it because I'm tagging along with like my face pressed up against the glass of someone else's beautiful life. Yeah. So we, we take really regular breaks to just make sure we're living in kind of both feet on the ground in our regular world, uh, not too far into the internet world. So when you say words like I'm, I'm going to come to the table, I'm going to take breaks. Like, what are the what are some actual practical things that you've implemented in this journey to savor that we could learn from? Well, one of the biggest things is talking about it with my community. I'm, um, there's a lot of accountability then there. If I tell them, "Hey, listen." <sighs> Uh, I'm not going to work as much as I have been working. I'm not going to, um, you know, sign up for every last little thing at my kid's school. I'm not going to volunteer in a million different ways. Like I really kind of need to like lower it down and, and, and make my life intentionally a little bit smaller so that I can savor this life so that I can be really present in this season with my kids. Well, then when a friend says like, Hey, can you do this? A lot of times now they're like, no, 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 no you cannot do this. I'm telling you that right now. Yeah. Um, and I'm really thankful for that. I just last, uh, maybe two weeks ago, um, my girlfriends were coming over for a super, like super last minute, very low key play date. And I just like, Oh, well actually, I mean, I have Turkey and I've, I've beans and I have that. So like, how about I make tacos and I'll do this. And da, 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 da. And one of the girls was like, slow your roll. <laughs> I'm bringing over frozen pizza. And if there are tacos, you're in trouble. Yeah. And I was like, thank you. Because I told you that I want to make it simpler. I told you I want to keep things easier. It's not in my nature. And so I sometimes need people to really help me um, to do that. And I'm really thankful for that. To set those boundaries. And totally. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. To choose. I Yeah. I feel, you know, so torn. We, we just came back from vacation. Um, and it was amazing to me just the amount of time because I wasn't cleaning, cooking, <laughs> doing laundry that I just sat with my boys like there was a moment we just, you know, we're still in the hotel room and we sat and watched Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood and just like made funny jokes about the content of a tiger having a pet fish. And like we're just laughing together and I don't do that in my daily life. I know vacations are special, but I thought, how do I do this? How do I bring this back with me? Because totally. I want I want to be there with my boys laughing. I want that memory, not me standing in the kitchen away from them while they're doing their thing that's fun. And then I kind of yell at them to get along and I go back to my thing, you know? Totally. You know, we had a, um, there's a great book. Wayne Muller wrote a book called On Being, Doing, and Having Enough. And it's, what a great title. And it's not, it's not a parenting book, but there's one line. It's like in the middle of a totally, a section that's completely not about parenting. And it says, uh, in modern parenting, we've uh, equated love with efficiency. Mm, And I read that line and cried mm. um, because I feel like I, I I thought if I can keep them dressed and their nails clipped and their hair brushed and their uh, backpacks packed and like like I'm I'm the I'm the project manager for their lives right yeah. if I can keep them going to art class and get this and make sure Mackie has pull-ups and da, da, yeah. da, 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 yeah. that they don't care they right. could care less about that they don't see that as present loving parenting. Mm. What they see as present loving parenting is getting down on the floor and being with them is listening to their stories is, you know, holding hands is, you know, and so I'm working really hard to, to do the kind of parenting that matters to them 
and not as much the kind of parenting that matters to me. Um, and it's, you know, I don't get it right every time, but we had a, a moment this fall, we were playing Legos and Which Aaron and I so were fun. <laughs> <laughs> we play a lot of Legos. There's Legos everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Um, and Aaron and I were asking Henry, our older son, like, okay, in this next season of our family, what are some of the things you want for our family life? Just in your own words. Like, and we gave him a whole bunch of different options and just said, Look, but just anything, what would you like more our fam- for our family to spend more time doing? You know, do you want to go on more trips? Do you want to go to the city more often? Do you want to blah, blah, blah? Do you want to have people over more often? Do you want to whatever? Uh, Go bike riding more often. And he said, more this, just more this. And we were like, oh, more Legos? And he was like, no, more at home with just our family, not going anywhere and not anyone coming over. And we were like, okay, loud and clear. Okay. Yeah. And and I love that he was able to say that. And Aaron and I like totally made eye contact across, you know, the boys' heads like, okay, loud and clear. Yeah. What they want from us is more us, yeah. not more like, oh, I'm so glad these Legos are in color-coded bins. That helps me, you know. Like, <laughs> oh, they don't care. So done that. Totally. <laughs> they don't care. It like a minute. Yeah. Yeah. No. They don't yeah. Care. And you just and then they're mad at you because they can't find it. Yeah. They, totally. Yeah. 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 No, that's, so, that's I'm just, really good. From the mouths of babes. Right. Our house is messier than it was three years ago. <laughs> yeah. We eat uh, more leftovers than we did three years ago. Um, I do not work out as much as I did three years ago. My publisher does, you know, I've disappointed them in all sorts of ways. I mean, <laughs> largely, they're wonderful. But yeah. uh, you know, just yesterday, I, I had to say, like, no, I'm sorry, that article's not going to get done. No, I'm sorry, that's not, you know, like, yeah. I just... Uh, the rhythm of our family life is richer than it was three years ago. And I'm really thankful for that. That That's a trade-off I'm more than willing to make. Just setting those boundaries. Because mm-hmm. as your name, probably, as you're gaining in popularity, more people want things from you. And so you have to be intentional. Or you just go the way. Totally. And I would else. say, yeah, for anyone who's listening, who's a blogger, a podcaster, a writer, um, who sells stuff on Etsy, anybody who's in that, like, creative freelance world. Yeah. There's that um, pressure to be sort of on all the time. And there's that kind of sense in the back of your head that you have to be constantly producing and constantly connecting or people will forget about you or someone else will get your opportunity. Right. Or Like there's this kind of fear that drives it that like I have to hustle or the whole thing goes away. Mm. And I think you have you just have to get to a point where you say – Somebody else is going to write that article, and I hope it does great things for their career. Um, Somebody else is going to speak at that conference, and I hope they feel so blessed and filled up by doing it. But uh, we talk a lot in our community about just the nature of life is that you're going to disappoint some people. And it's just a matter of deciding who it is you're willing to disappoint. And I think for a while, I disappointed my family and my neighbors and my close friends because I was just gone all the time. Mm. Uh, and, and I was just a, a star performer for conference planners and publishers and magazine editors and, and college chaplains and whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I realized, oh, I, I, I'm getting this wrong. Mm. I, I want the best of what I have to go to my husband, our boys, our community, my extended family. And I'm more than willing to disappoint publishers and magazines and conference planners. I'm, I'm more than willing to disappoint them, but I'm no longer willing to disappoint this very small circle of people that I'm responsible to. I think that's a good lesson for anyone anywhere. You're, you're, yeah. I, I think I've, there's something I wrote about where it's like the circles, the concentric circles, you and God, you and your husband, you and your kids, you and your close family, close friends, 
and then out. And we spend so much energy on the way out circle of strangers on the internet. Totally. The neglect of the tight circles. And so even, even, you know, church things, you know, you've been in the church world. We can say yes to I'll lead up the women's retreat and I'll head that Bible study. And, and then you're shushing your kids around to get the house ready for the Bible study. And you're, you know, (laughs) not displaying any fruit of the spirit. Totally. In your study of Galatians. So I think it's a good lesson for anyone who's feeling the pull of people outside of those inner circles to, to maybe pull the reins. Let's have a chat. Let's take a second. Let's reevaluate because those other things will keep asking for your attention, like a line at your door. Like they're going to just keep knocking and coming. Totally. And if you decide that you, you know, so for a while I realized, you know, you, you know, you go through a, a season like I went through the last couple of years and you realize there are like a couple of little buzzwords yeah. that kind of are keeping you crazy. Right. Yeah. So for me, I'm capable is one. Mm. I really want people to believe I'm massively capable. I'm like the <laughs> yeah. most capable. Oh, what's yeah. Shana? She's capable, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, and I was so deeply invested in people knowing me as a capable person Mm-hmm. Um, that I did and did and performed and performed and saved the day and saved the day. And all that does is make people do that more for you, right? Mm, yeah. You just become known as a person who will never say no, who will never not show up, who will never not make it happen right at the last minute. And um, that's a dangerous cycle to get into. Mm. Um, and so I, and the other thing I always, I have a mentor named Nancy who I just adore. And one of the things she always reminds me is like, Shauna, your life is going to look completely different in 15 years. Mm. So, she, you know, I knew her when I was just newly married and she had kids in elementary school and junior high. And now her kids are all graduated from college. She and her husband are empty nesters. And she always reminds me like, Shauna, there's so much time. Yeah. Your life will look so different in another season. And all the things you can't fit in now, you get to do then. But this season is passing so quickly. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for her voice in my life reminding me that. Like if I want to, whatever, speak a zillion times a year, I can do that when my kids are gone. But yeah. I can't do it now because it's at the expense of things I value more. Yeah, it's wise. It's very wise. It's good. Good for all of us to remember. Um, well, before we end today, I just really wanted to hit a little bit about, um, you know, your other books have been a memoir kind of style with um, bread and wine having more recipes. And then Savor is your first real devotional. Like, I don't know if, if y'all have seen it, but I have a copy right here and it's a verse and um, maybe two or three paragraphs and then a question at the end or a thought provoking sentence um, for every day of the year and then lots of yummy recipes I had curry cauliflower last night yum oh good so good I dream about curried cauliflower so I was so thankful that was in there <laughs> yay but so what was the drive for the devotional um in your whole writing journey well, there have been different points uh, along the way where my publishers have asked me uh, to do a devotional and I've always shied away from it and then um we struck on the idea of doing it with recipes. And that was sort of the last piece to the puzzle that I needed for. And then there were sort of two reasons. First of all, in this whole journey of my own just personal spiritual life, um, feeling too busy, too frazzled, really not present to my own life. Part of what has really healed me is the practice of morning devotionals or meditation, kind of like meditative prayer, centering prayer, focusing either on one attribute of God and kind of sitting in silence with that. That 
morning devotional practice has been really healing for me just personally. It's something I grew up with and, and practiced on and off in my life, but had really fallen by the wayside with kids and travel and all that stuff. And But it was one of the things that really kind of healed me and, and mended me uh, in the last couple of years. And so when they brought the topic up again, I had a very personal spiritual connection to it mm-hmm. as opposed to it just being a project for someone else. Um, I have a stack of devotionals on my nightstand that have been really helpful for me. And so um, that's a different, I approached it in a different way. And then the other thing, the thing that always kind of kept me from it was um, I'm not, Uh, I don't think the fullness of our spiritual lives happens when we're alone. I I don't think that spiritual life is one compartment of our life that happens alone with a book and a pen and a Bible. I think spiritual life happens around our tables and it happens at preschool pickup and it happens when we pray with a friend in a parking lot and it, you know, all of life, if you choose to allow yourself to see it that way, all of life is spiritual life. And so the recipes are very specifically kind of my way of saying, you know, they're about every 14 days in the book. If you get to a recipe and you realize it's been about 14 days since you've gathered the people you love around your table, the recipes are like a little signal, like, hey, it's time. Hmm. You've been doing good spiritual work alone for the last two weeks, but that's not the fullness of spiritual living. And so they're Hmm. a reminder to gather together. And that is really important to me. The I was not comfortable providing a resource for people to live uh, to try to live spiritual life outside of the context of community, the whole thing has to happen together with people and alone, with God in silence and with God in community. It's really good. And I think, again, it goes back to the whole internet thing robbing us from it is that, you know, we can have an online Bible study and think that that's community and it may be a way to get you in God's word, but it doesn't stop there. Like this push to gather people in your home live flesh and to touch someone to see the tears well up in their eyes like that's a different thing there's just there's nothing like it yeah and we have the the internet has not and cannot ever replace I just had an experience I went on a trip a couple weeks ago and it was with uh there were 25 women traveling together which is sort of bonkers Um, (laughs) right especially for like a mom of boys like I live in such a boy house it was like a lady trip you know (laughs) um it was awesome but there were a couple people that I had known, and I would say I knew them fairly well in the sense that we read each other's stuff and we correspond on the internet and we're, we're friends, right? Right. I think of them in such an entirely different way, having been with them in person. Yeah. And I'm surprised by that. I'm surprised at how much now I'm like in their corner advocating for them, um, telling other people about them, sharing their work because they're, because we have sat on a bus together and shared breakfast together. And it's the flesh, seeing each other's faces, hearing the tones in each other's voices. There's really absolutely nothing like it. Well, and I've always, you know, for, if you're a blogger out there, I'd always said, oh, you know, a blogging conference is the shortcut. That's the way to, if you want to like, you know, broaden your reach or get a network of friends, like go to a conference because you're going to touch and talk and pray and find kindreds people who love the same art, people who love God to the level that they want to write about him and draw people to him. That's where you're And some, you know, some of my strongest community is some women that I've met at a conference and we're like have a Voxer group now and we are constantly sharing prayer requests and life, which is so silly because, you know, it was the internet that brought us together, but it was being in real life that made us friends. Oh, I think that's absolutely true. And I think yeah. the internet absolutely can bring you together 
but at a certain point, to you have to sit across the table with yeah. each other. And um, the yeah, I totally agree. And some of my closest friends started off as people that I met, you know, through blogging or through writing. And and now that we've been in each other's homes and we know each other's kids and we know each other's faces, that that brings a new level to that friendship. Well, Shauna, this has been awesome. Thank you for sharing what you've learned and the journey God's taken you on to savor. Where can any where can people find you online and find this book? Um, uh, the best place, place is my blog, which is shaunaniquist.com or Instagram is my favorite. It's <laughs> at sniquist. Um, and then the book, um, Barnes and Noble and Sam's Club have a whole bunch and then some local, um, and independent booksellers. You can get it at airports. You can get it at Amazon, <laughs> which is amazing. Just go to the airport. Amazon. Just go pick know. it up and go home. Um, yeah. there's a little bit of a shipping weight on Amazon, but there's not for Barnes and Noble or for Sam's. So those are two good spots. Well, um, it's beautiful. And y'all, even the sensation of touching the book, it's like a linen-y, burlap-y, awesome. It's just a pretty book that I already had bread and wine sitting in my kitchen, and now I can have Saber right there. So Thank I love you. It. I love it. Thanks for taking the time to put it together and, um, and go love those boys. Awesome. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.